Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. Today, I have my dear friend, Alex King, to talk all about um, how she brought her podcast from zero to 250,000 downloads and all about, you know, just the growth that she's had in her business in the last couple of years. And I'm a huge fan of Alex. I've seen her from, I think, almost the absolute beginning of her business or very, very early on to where she is now. And I feel like she's teaching me a lot about business now. So it's been such an amazing um, journey to watch her grow to where she is today. So let me just tell you a little bit about her. So Alex is an award-winning certified nutritionist with a focus on women's health and hormones. She helps women deal with the side effects of birth control, learn the magic of cycle syncing, and balance their hormones naturally. She's also the host of the Holistic Women's Health Podcast, which helps teach women how to balance their hormones, love their body, support their emotional well-being, and live their best life. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Steph. I'm excited to chat today. Well, you're definitely somebody I love having come on, you know, where you've come on the podcast a couple of times over the last couple of years, I think starting with, um, you know, episodes on like starting your business, getting started. And then you came on once to talk about, um, I think, lessons in your own business and your own business journey. And then today, I feel like it's almost this like, um, yeah, journey of growth from where you were to where you are now. And just to see your success has been so incredible. So um, yeah, I'm just really excited to chat with you today. Yeah, you were there from the very beginning, pretty much when I graduated and got my first job. And I sat down and when it was came time to seeing my first client, I was like, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> so, uh, I went on Google and you were one of the first people that showed up and I was like, done. I'm yeah. seeing this girl. I like what she's doing. And yeah, so you pretty much saw me through my first year or so in business and navigating those tough waters. And here I am today. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a journey. And for those that might not be familiar with you or your work, um, maybe you can just share with everyone like when you graduated, where you graduated from, and kind of just like a little bit about those first few years and getting started. Yeah, for sure. So I did, I started off traditional education and dietetics at university here in Toronto. And then after that went a little bit more holistic. So then I studied at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition for a year on the fast track program and then graduated. So I thought six years of education was enough to put me to get started, you know, hit the ground running quickly to realize, oh my gosh, what do you actually talk about in a one-on-one consultation (laughs) with a client? And so I started practicing in 2017, 2018. And at the beginning, I was a generalist. So saw anybody and everybody at the clinic that I worked at, whoever would come to me, great. So I took on everything. And 
then quickly got burnt out and discovered, okay, I need a niche. And the naturopath who was at the clinic, her niche was cancer oncology. So got some certifications in that and saw a couple of those patients and then discovered, you know what, this, I know in my heart of hearts, this is not my passion. And it is totally okay to change your niche as you're going through the different stages of life. And I knew that women's health was my ideal niche, what I knew the most about in my spare time, what I was reading about just because of my own journey. All the podcasts that I would listen to were women's health related. And so I thought all this education is not going to anybody and can be serving a lot of people. So decided, all right, I'm going to do the scary thing, start my own business, see my own women's health clients. Shortly after, started a podcast and then here we are today. Wow. And I think you also did a little bit more certification around women's health. Is that right? Did you go on like, well, I guess this is a twofold question. Did you start seeing clients kind of with the knowledge you had from your holistic nutrition background? And then at some point, did you feel like, okay, I need to dig a bit deeper and then go get extra certification? I did. So I did just start seeing clients based on that, those six years of schooling and then just felt like women's health is such a big field, you know, everything from PCOS, endometriosis, adenomyosis, ovarian cysts, the birth control pill. And I just thought I really want to be an authority in the women's health space. And I really want to come with a lot of knowledge and serve my clients from the best place possible. And so I did a women's health certification course with Nicole Jardim and learned a super deep dive into women's health and everything surrounding women's health from liver health to digestion, how all the hormones work, the different process that they go through. And so really did that deeper knowledge and brought that to the table, which helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's great to note that you just got started with the knowledge that you had, which I think a lot of people automatically almost count themselves out like, oh, I don't know enough. You know, I'm, I don't think I can help someone. So it's great to hear that you, um, well, I'm not actually sure if you had those judgments or thoughts. Did you feel like that when you first got started? Like, what do I really know about this topic? Yes and no. Just, yeah, I feel like when you're, especially when you're getting started, it's kind of like, who am I to do this? And everybody has that comparison-itis and that little freak out moment, especially, you know, when you're young and you graduate and yeah. So a little bit of that, I had a lot of comments from people coming into my practice saying, you're so young. And it's, mm. that always got me because like, yeah, I may be young, but I have six years of education that I've slaved over textbooks and six years is a lot of knowledge. Yeah. I spent six years studying these topics compared to the client who's coming in, who, you know, comes in with digestive issues and they just did a quick Google and they're like, I think I have IBS. And it's like, okay, I've done six years of studying yeah. all this. So that was a big one for me. It was kind of coming from outside people saying things like that, like you're so young, what do you know type of things? Mm -hmm. And then just reassuring like, no, no, I am a certified nutritionist. I deserve to be here. Yeah. So, and then from another perspective, I was just thinking, yeah, I would love continuing education. I think it's really important to continue learning and educating mm -hmm. with new stuff. New studies are coming out all the time. So I really wanted to continue that education. So a little bit, yes, a little bit, no. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing your perspective on that. And I can imagine, well, anything in nutrition or the health industry, uh, 
especially hormones. Like I feel like that is an area that more research is coming out, you know, every single day. So what do you do to almost stay on top of the new research? Do you find that you're reading a lot of uh, books or studies on hormones, or are you learning a lot from the guests that you have on your podcast or where, where does that learning happen? I'm a podcast girly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank <laughs> <Me> you. <laughs> All podcasts. I, that is anything video audio based is my preferred source of education. Yeah, I just interact more a little bit with audio and visual compared to reading things. So I'm less likely to go on, you know, every once in a while with new research, I'll go on and Google new research, but I love podcasts. So I'm following and listening to people who do look at the research. So I count on them to do all that work for me. They Mm -hmm. study all the research, then they put it on a podcast and I absorb that information a lot easier. I remember things a lot more when someone puts it in a story and things like that, that I'm more likely to remember. So podcasts, books every once in a while. I love the Libby app. So I get all my audiobooks from Libby. I listen to audiobooks all the time. So in the morning when I'm getting ready, I either put on a podcast or some sort of audiobook just to build up that knowledge. That's, that's great. And do you find also, like, I know you're listening to others, um, like other professionals on podcasts, but even, um, at this point, you've had a hundred episodes that your own podcast has produced. (laughs) And, um, I don't know if all, I'm assuming not all hundred episodes have had guests because I know you do some solo episodes, but do you feel like you learn a lot just through having conversations with people on your own podcast? I do. They always say you learn more from your clients or in this case, the people you have on your podcast. So whether it's my podcast or in my one-on-one practice, I learn so much valuable information from those around me. Yeah. So people on the podcast, it's holistic women's health. So it's not just hormones. I've had people on to talk about Qigong and face reading, all these fun topics that surround the area. So I'm learning all the time, every week from a guest who's on and just what they bring to the table. So fascinating and eye-opening really. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Just get people's different perspectives or even if it's something you knew personally, it's like, like you said, hearing it in a story or an analogy or something where it almost makes it click again. I know there's so many times I'll have people on my podcast and I'm like, oh, thank you for that reminder or that just sparked this idea in myself. So um, I think it's such a gift to also be the one doing the podcast and getting the opportunity to um, grow your knowledge base as well. So, you know, you're creating this for your community, but it's also benefiting you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Even just the little things, what you said just reminded me, I had an naturopathic doctor on and she was talking about how she got back into journaling recently. And I just thought journaling is such a powerful tool. You have to be in the right mind space and the right headspace. But her reminder of journaling, I was just thinking, oh, yeah, I have to get back into journaling. And she gave a great example even for deep breathing. She was saying, you put your plant your two legs on the ground, you breathe in and picture going up one leg, holding at your pelvis, and then down the other leg into the ground. And just do that a couple times, up your one leg, hold, down your other leg into the ground. And I was like, that is such a brilliant visualization for breathing that I'm going to tell all my clients now. So little things like that make a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. So let's actually just dig 
more into the podcast. I really want to hear more about like when you started it. Um, I know that you had a name change early on in the podcast. Um, so maybe you can talk about both those names and how the podcast has really grown since maybe taking more of a direction with the new name. Absolutely. So I did start pretty early on in when I decided to start my own business and I'm such a dreamer. It's just in me. I'm just head in the clouds, like big, big, big visualization, bird's eye view of everything. You know, if I have a business idea, I picture like a huge corporation and empire surrounding this business. Mm -hmm. That's just the way my brain has always been. And so when I just started to have my own practice, I was just thinking, okay, I would love to have a podcast. And I had this whole vision because my brand name on Instagram is nutrition moderation. So I had this whole vision of everything would be in moderation. I would have a book branded around moderation. I would have a podcast branded around this term of moderation. And so the podcast started out life in moderation with same bio, same topics of women's health, hormones, self-development, self-growth. And I think it was around the 20-ish episode mark where I just thought, this is not resonating with me anymore. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, what really does resonate with me and my mission, my vision, my passion? What are people searching on the podcast? And so... I thought Holistic Women's Health would be a great name for a podcast, and so I changed it. And on the the platform that I use, I use something called Anchor to distribute the podcast out to all the different platforms from Spotify to Apple iTunes, and they show a little graph of how your podcast is growing. And right around the the time that I changed the name, it did jump a bit. So I think a lot of people were searching for women's health, and that name change allowed my podcast to be more searchable than life in moderation was. So that change happened. And I just, I love seeing that graph of the podcast growth because I really did put in so much time and effort and didn't reap the rewards until a year plus later. So you can see the the graph of how small it was basically, especially for the first six months and then year. And then about after the year mark, how much it had grown. And now at the two year mark, it's about 250K downloads. So it really is. I love seeing that graph of how small it is. And then all of a sudden there's a spike and then the spike got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then from there, it's just continued to grow, which is awesome to see. And you honestly, you should be so proud of yourself. Honestly, like I get emotional because it's, I remember that dreamer Alex, where she's like, I see so many big visions. I remember when we worked together, I was like, okay, we need to start with like breaking it down, getting the foundation in place. But I love that you've always kept that dreamer mentality and you're, you're literally like in action of those dreams right now. You're putting in the work to create that empire that I know one day you're going to have. And, you know, to see that growth, um, you know, you must be so proud of yourself to see, okay, I stuck with it. And I have a couple points um, that I want to talk about here because there's so many little nuggets that I think we could go on. The first one is um, I was just talking to a client yesterday about this idea of like how fast, like what do you do in business, like to stay consistent and how fast should I see results? And when do clients start coming in? And I feel like I'm talking to no one. Like we were having, you know, a pretty deep conversation about this. And I said, you know, I 
probably took about a year until I saw any kind of growth in the podcast or anybody was coming to me or I felt like anyone was actually listening. So it's interesting to hear you say almost the same thing where it's like, you know, the year it took like to really build that foundation and then things took off. And I think so many people give up before the year, you know, especially in something like a podcast or a YouTube channel where the growth is small and slow at the beginning, and then it takes time to kind of compound on one another. So um, do you feel like, are you glad that, you know, past Alex stuck with it, even when the growth maybe felt a bit slower? Absolutely. So I had heard something on a podcast just recently, and I had a couple other nutritionist friends reach out saying this is the year they wanted to start a podcast. And could they meet with me and ask me questions? I said, sure. I don't know how much I have to offer, but let's do it. And just coincidentally, I was listening to another podcast, the School of Greatness by Lewis Howes, and he was talking about his journey podcasting because He's been doing it for 10 years now. And he said, the best advice I could give is if you don't see yourself doing this for five years plus, it's going to be really hard for you because you don't start to reap those rewards until a year or two into it. So for me, it was never about making money or getting more clients on the podcast. I just, I just, I love podcasts so much. I had been listening to them since I was in school. It was just my passion. I love podcasts so much. I love talking to other people. I love connecting, love everything about it, love listening to them on my walks. And so that's where it started. It was just a place where I wanted to put my passions and and I didn't care if it went somewhere. It didn't go somewhere. Obviously it's nice if it goes somewhere, but I wanted to have that hub of something I could be proud of. I really wanted to leave a legacy. One of my biggest fears is just one day when I'm 106 leaving this earth and I wanted people to know my name and remember me for something. And so I thought at the very least, if it doesn't go anywhere, I have this piece of me here that is, you know, living on the internet. And so that was where my mindset is. That may not be someone else's mindset, but that's where I was coming from, just being true to myself. And if things, opportunities came, clients came from it, awesome, which it has about like 95% of my clients plus come from the podcast in my private coaching practice. And so there has been a lot of rewards from that, but more than that, what makes me really proud is just all the Instagram messages of clients saying, just so you know, you have changed my life just from listening to this particular episode, or I've listened since day one and you've really changed everything in my health for me. And yeah, so consistency is the most important thing. And so that whole first year, you can see on the bottom of that graph that I was just talking about the episodes that I've released, they show up as these little tiny dots. And so you can see in that first year, every single week, without a doubt, an episode went up. Mm -hmm. And that is really what contributed a lot to the growth is that consistency. If, you know, I missed a couple of weeks, then I would definitely see a dip in the podcast growth. So consistency, I, yeah, is the number one thing. Just show up every week. If, if no one is watching or listening, just do it for yourself. And that's how, you know, you are on the track to being successful. If, if no one shows up and you're doing it for you, just being consistent, that's the hard thing. That was, especially that first episode, I was thinking if nobody listens to this, I'm putting in all this effort So it can be hard for those first couple episodes as you're building it up. If, you know, one or two people are listening, just do it for you. Yeah. Really what I said. 
Well, and that's a great reminder. And I think it's very similar to, you know, even growing a following or growing a business, like no one starts at step 10. Like we have to put in the work every single day to get to step 10 or step 50. So, um, you know, you didn't start with 250,000 um, podcast downloads. That's taken um, two years, you said, right? Taking time and consistency, um, sourcing the right guests, you know, marketing it, getting it out there, um, picking a name that people were searching for. I think that's something actually I myself wish I did with my podcast, Next Level Nutrition Biz. A lot of people don't use, they don't search the word biz. I wish I said business, but, you know, looking back, it's like, okay, there's other ways to maybe um, connect with people, you know, and, and get more reach with my website or my blog post. So that doesn't mean that like, just cause something you didn't do it perfectly, you just throw it away. Like you can always improve upon that one thing. So anyways, I, yeah. And I just, I'm like, I'm so happy that you've kind of played around with it. You're not afraid to make changes and, um, and yeah, again, you're seeing those rewards come from, you know, being consistent with it. I'd love to talk. Um, I mean, more about the rewards, of course, everyone <laughs> wants to hear like that glitz and glam. Um, but I, I think I would just like to hear kind of what do you find is happening for your business with the podcast? You mentioned some one-on-one clients, um, maybe like, what does it normally look like? Do people listen and then reach out or what does that kind of, I guess, like sales funnel look like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the biggest things I've noticed is the podcast helps a lot with those one-on-one clients coming to me because They've been listening for so long. So what's that? You have to have a hundred touch points with someone before they feel comfortable working with you or spending money and signing up with you. So this kind of serves as one of those opportunities to have a touch point with someone. They get really comfortable. They hear your voice, especially if it was paired with video, then they get to see your face, hear your voice. They get really comfortable with you, even if it's not you live in front of them. So that is a really great opportunity just yeah, to see if they like you, if, if they would like working with you. So I do get all pretty much all my one-on-one clients coming from the podcast because either they like what I have to say, they feel comfortable with my energy, whatever it is, they come to my one-on-one practice and then I show them, this is what it's like to work with me. So they pretty much go from the podcast to a discovery call, then discovery call into my one-on-one practice. And so that has been a huge reward from the podcast. And, um, what else did you want to know? What, what else was in your question? Yeah. I guess I'm also curious, like if you, um, I know you have some online courses, like I'm I'm just curious if you feel like you're getting maybe more consistent leads or more consistent clients than prior to starting the podcast. And I guess it's hard to say because your business is older now and you've had more touch points probably outside of the podcast as well. But I am just curious if like you've seen growth in all areas since um, implementing the podcast. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. In the show notes, I have links to my full script account, my courses, discovery call. So most of the time they come to that free discovery call or they sign up for a free course that I have. And then after, again, those touch points, then they feel that more comfortable working. So then they'll either go into the one-on-one practice with me or into an online course that I have. So it really does help all avenues. And so podcasting is a great touch point. It's yeah, especially if they're, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is that they're 
you're directly almost speaking to them, right? So they feel really spoken to, they feel heard, they feel seen. They're, yeah, pairing it with maybe something that gives them extra dopamine as well, going for a walk in nature at the gym. So it's really, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super, super intimate to be, you know, mm-hmm. in someone's ear where they're listening to you and you are building that authority because, um, you know, they're seeing you, your expertise on this topic. And that actually kind of leads into a question I had was, um, because I think a lot of people may be thinking this, you know, okay, I want to start a podcast, but I don't want to do all solo episodes. I want to have some guests on, but what happens if I have guests on, you know, is that driving business away from me? Like, are they just going to go and work with those people versus me? So what is your kind of thoughts or beliefs around having guests? Like, does this benefit you in your practice? Do you find that business kind of goes elsewhere? I would just love to know like your general thoughts on, on having those kind of guests on. Mm-hmm. Great question. So <laughs> a little bit of everything. I Now that it's been two years, I found the most lucrative that works for everyone is having a mix of both. So at the beginning, of course, when my podcast was brand new, they were all solo episodes. So it was me that had a lot of the authority. Now, two years in, there was a point where I was doing all guest episodes and I thought, well, they barely get to hear from me. And it's important that I still stay the face of the podcast, bring authority. So now I've come up with a mixture of every three episodes, I'll do a solo episode, even if it's 10 minutes on, you know, a trending topic. Like recently I did lucky girl syndrome that was trending on TikTok and Instagram. And I thought, yeah, what the heck, let's just talk about this on the podcast. So every three episodes, I'll do a solo episode of talking about a recent topic or something that came up with a client, women's health related, just so that I still bring authority to the table as well. You know, I'm talking about recent launches, programs, my one-on-one practice, things like that. So that's what I found to be really important is a good mixture. And then a lot of other guests that I have had on the podcast who are nutritionists have messaged me just saying, oh my gosh, you filled out my practice, you know, for Mm -hmm. the next couple of months. I'm like, that's amazing. And if they have some sort of podcast as well or any offering, then they're so lovely to return the favor and say, I would love for you to come on my podcast since you you did this for me. Mm -hmm. And so it's really a good ecosystem and that I find works really well of that exchange within your own community and also important to do those solo episodes as well as what I found for my podcast. Yeah, I do love how you put that. And it really is that exchange of energy um, between, you know, practitioners and between our community because, well, fortunately and unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that need help that are sick and there's enough work to go around and we're not always going to be the best practitioner for every single person. So I think that just goes back to, you know, you really know your niche, you really stay in your lane, you have practitioners or other health professionals come on the podcast that maybe aren't like, well, I'm curious about this. Maybe they're not like direct I guess, quote unquote, competitors, competition, um, maybe they're like complementary to what you do. So maybe it's someone in a different um, field of health, like maybe a naturopath versus um, you're coming from more a nutrition perspective. So do you find that you're trying to seek out guests that are complementary or you don't even mind having someone come on that does the exact same thing you do? Mm -hmm. 
that there was a big test in my podcast where I had someone reach out who has pretty much the exact same niche as me. And I really had to check myself because I did have her on. It was a lovely conversation. I learned so much from her and then we became like friends for life basically. So for the most part, I have guests on that are complimentary to what I do. But if someone that I feel like I could learn a lot from and the audience could learn a lot from and they happen to be in my niche, I just say, you know what? There are so many clients out there. There's enough to go around. Clients are going to connect with you based on your energy and what you bring to the table. So even if you do have a guest on that is whatever it is, a friend or a colleague, someone in your niche, if you want them on your podcast, then just know that... There's so many clients that'll go around. And even if they hear the information from your competitor, they may be comfortable with you. And so they want to work with you in the end. So I personally wouldn't worry about that, but it may be a point that you have to journal on and you really have to think, okay, is this me having comparisonitis? Is this me worried? You know, is this me being competitive? So that for me is something that I really had to chat with myself, chat with my partner, and just to say, okay, is this for the good of everyone? Is Yeah, so something really to think about. So I think it's totally up to you. If you want to stay that authority and you want to be the only one to talk about your niche and you don't want to have guests on to talk about that, you want to have everyone be complimentary, awesome. If you don't care whatsoever, you want to have anyone and everyone on, awesome. It's your podcast. You're in control. You get to be the person to decide. If you have someone on and you realize after the end, oh, wow, I didn't like what they said. It doesn't align with me. It's your podcast. You're not obligated to anything. You don't have to post it if if the conversation turned out totally not what you'd imagined and it just doesn't align with your values that you want on the podcast, then you're not obligated to anything. This is your space. This is your home. You have to feel comfortable with what you're putting out there in in your home. I love that you said that so much because I mean, I've been in positions where I've had people come on and maybe not vet it a hundred percent and feel like, you know, this isn't something I would probably teach my audience. And I have put some of those episodes out because I think, you know, maybe not everybody has the same perspective uh, as I do. And maybe this will serve some people. But I do think that's the tricky thing when we put ourselves out there and we invite other people into our you know, space, whether that's like on a podcast, on a YouTube channel, like a Instagram live we do, they do almost end up becoming a representation of you or you almost end up like vetting them a little bit. Ready to start your nutrition business, but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. So do you find that you're very um, like careful now with who you have on? And like, what does that process look like for you to even like consider having a certain guest come on? (laughs) That's so funny. I love this question. Just 
it's been such a learning experience. So at the beginning, I was pretty much saying yes to any, anyone and everyone. Didn't matter their audience. Didn't matter their email list. Didn't didn't matter. And so now that at this stage of the podcast, I have a lot of PR companies reaching out, being like, "Here's my client, and this is what they bring to the table. Have them on." And it's it's just a learning experience. So yeah, I I still will accept a lot of people. And some people I was really weary about, like for instance, that one naturopathic doctor that I was talking about earlier, her podcast pitch was basically the PR company was, her pitch was, I'm a naturopathic doctor. Here are my 12 specialties because most, most naturopathic doctors, especially in Ontario, can't have just one specialty. They can't advertise it like that because they're a doctor. They can't turn away patients. Mm -hmm. So it was like, anything and everything, you know, it was like from weight loss to PCOS to this. And I, I, as the podcast host was like, what kind of questions am I going to ask? Because she doesn't have a niche. What the heck are we going to talk about? So I was like, Oh, I was dreading the podcast episode all morning because I was like, well, what's she going to be passionate about? Is she going to bring the passion to the table because she specializes in these 12 different things? And I was just dreading it. And then it ended up being one of my favorite episodes. And that's happened a couple of times where, you know, I'm going in and I'm not particularly loving the topics, but then we get chatting and I'm like, wow, this person is extremely fascinating. They do bring tons of passion to the table. So it has been a learning experience of going through all that. So I would say don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, I so for for me personally, I do a lot of the interviews and just say, yeah, let's do it. If you know, I they pass that first kind of I read their bio and I'm like, yeah, you know, I like the topic, let's have you on or I like what you're doing online, let's have a chat. And then some they sometimes end up being some of my favorite episodes and even if let's say I wasn't on my game or I found them to be a little bit monotone or a little bit boring, Sometimes the people listening will love it and get a lot of value out of it. So a lot of value out of it. So even if I think, well, this didn't really have a lot of value for me, someone listening, it might change their life. So yeah, for the most part, I'll just do them all and post them all because someone listening might think, oh my gosh, this is life-changing. So I really have to take myself out of it and put the people who are listening, I have to get into their shoes and really see what are they going to get a lot of value out of. So kind of taking me out of the equation a little bit and just thinking, what would this niche enjoy listening to? Which I think is actually great advice for business altogether. And I think, I feel like this can happen a lot where, um, you know, especially like for a new nutritionist, new grad, somebody that's maybe not used to putting their face out there or, you know, doesn't know what they should be saying on video or how they should be showing up. I think like what you said is almost removing yourself from that and just being like, how can I serve my audience like a thousand percent right now? Like, okay, my ego is yelling at me to like, oh, you know, I don't look good on video or I'm going to sound stupid or I don't know what to say. Um, You know, I think those voices can be so loud. And sometimes it's just being like, 
literally like, this is not about me. Like I, you know, I have nothing to do with this. I'm the vessel of information. Um, but like, it's for whatever they need. So really coming up with the perspective, just like you said, like, Hey, maybe it's a guest you don't a hundred percent resonate with, but maybe your audience will, and maybe it's what they need to hear. So yeah, removing yourself from it, but still having the authority over like, this is my space. This is my podcast. If I truly don't align with this, I won't put this out. But again, I think just like pulling yourself out of that a little bit um, can actually help you produce and, and put yourself out there more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That I feel like you're speaking to me one-on-one. <laughs> Those self-doubts. Uh, oh my gosh. The amount of times I'll delete something because I don't like the way I look or I'm not wearing makeup. And then oh, TikTok has really changed the game for me because people will show up with like their pimple patches or their pimple cream, no makeup, their yeah. ratty old sweats. And I'm like, honestly, yeah, because we're humans. Like yeah. who cares? If you show up with no makeup, you are so relatable because yeah. When you go to bed and everyone takes their makeup off. So yeah, it's just, and take yourself out of it. You, if you come from a place of service and you're here to just give everyone the information that you know, that is so valuable. So that is something I'm learning to do when I post videos is honestly, who cares what I look like? I'm so tired of, I have naturally like curly wavy hair. And Mm -hmm. right now I did do a polish just for you, but (laughs) most most days now I'm like, I'm just going to show up with my wavy hair, my minimal makeup that I've been doing in the last couple of years, just because it is what this is me in real life. So I'm just learning to take that perfectionism out. If I've learned anything the last couple of years, it's that perfectionism doesn't matter. You're not Mm -hmm. serving anyone. You're just hurting yourself. If you're being a perfectionist, the curated feeds are done. Curated conversations are done. Nobody wants that perfect anymore because it's so unattainable really. So just, it's, it's so much better for you and your mental health and everybody listening. If you just show up authentically you and not so polished and filtery and yeah. So that's yeah. my thoughts on just, just doing it yeah, <laughs> just yeah, to show just up you, and serve. Yeah. And I think that's going to come off, um, like more naturally, right. If, you know, if I was, show, if I was putting on like layers of makeup every day and doing my hair, and then I got in session with a client and they're like, Whoa, like, <laughs> don't look like this <laughs> normal everyday life. Like that for me, isn't my not like, I don't do that naturally. So I've really had to be okay. Like actually, I noticed this in myself, a little bit of judgment. The other day I posted a a reel because I was like, I really want to talk about this and I want to show up. I haven't done, you know, a reel in a while, but like my hair was a mess. My eye, I hadn't had my eyebrows done. I was like, this is the peak of like, okay, like if I can show up and do this like this, then that's showing that, you know, at least I'm putting the information, I'm pulling myself out of it and showing up anyways. Um, But I still had self-judgment there and nerves, you know, of like, okay, I should be more polished. I should be more this or that. But I think just like hearing the feedback from people and seeing the comments and seeing that, like what you look like or what you sound like, you know, doesn't really matter. It's really about just coming from a place of serving and supporting your community. And people don't necessarily care about those things anymore. I think you're right. Yeah. And just you telling that story as well. There was, I think it's in 
I saw a TikTok video a while ago. That's how most of my stories start nowadays. I saw a TikTok <laughs> video on this. But Mine too. <laughs> it was so funny. I learned so much from there. But um, it was, I think she had just come from a Tony Robbins summit type of thing. She was just laying on the sidewalk in the middle of New York City. She was just laying down and someone came up to her and asked, what on earth are you doing? And she was like, I learned this from the Tony Robbins. Have you seen this video? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so doing something extremely uncomfortable because it'll tell your brain like, okay, we did not die. Like Mm -hmm. it's your fear that's holding you back from doing a lot of these things because your fear to want to fit in because in our DNA, we need to fit in. We need to be a part of a community to survive. And so that fear holds you back from all this possibility all these future possibilities. And so I just thought, wow, okay, doing things that make you uncomfortable. So I have my goals all in front of me behind my laptop. So I look at them every day. And one thing I have a business category, best self, fitness, travel. And in my best self, I want to do three big, scary things this year. I haven't figured out what my three big, scary things are because I I try and do little scary things at least once a month. But I, this year I want to do three really big out of my comfort zone things Um, and so, yeah, just to tell your body, it's okay to get out of your comfort zone. You're not going to die. Like just post a video with no makeup when you're in the moment and passionate, just do it. Because think about if you would have started your podcast a year ago, think about where it would be today. Or if you would have posted that TikTok video a year ago, where would your following be now? So I think you just have to do it. That's, that's, that's how I started my podcast. I have every time someone asks me, you know, did you think on it? Did you stew on it? Did you spend time thinking about the name and the style, all the details that come with starting podcasts? And I was like, nope, I just one day decided I want to do it. And that same day I sat down, well, I ordered the microphone. <laughs> it came a couple <laughs> days. And then I sat down and I just did it. I just, I, that's it. I, no thought, I just did it because I thought, the more I think about it, the more I'm going to get scared and the more I'm not going to want to do it. So I, that is how my brain works. If I, if I'm passionate about, about it in the moment, I just have to do it and then be consistent. And that is it. The, all the details will figure themselves out. It's all figure outable. It will come. Mm -hmm. You'll learn as you go, but you just, Mm -hmm. just literally have to start. Yeah, absolutely. I think the saying is like, feel the fear and do it anyways. Like the fear is probably going to be there, but just do it anyways. If you wait for the fear to be gone, you might be waiting a whole heck of a long time. So forever. Yeah, forever. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. Um, Like so much wisdom from you. Like, again, I'm just such a big fan of how far you've come and how much wisdom you have, you know, um, in the business space, in the life space and just how genuine you are. Um, It's always such a treat to talk to you and and learn from you and um, listen to you. So I would love for you to just share where can people listen to your podcast and find more uh, out about you? Yeah, I'm at Nutrition Moderation almost on anything except for the podcast, if we have said. So on Instagram, TikTok, website, Nutrition Moderation, the website, not the website, the podcast is Holistic Women's Health on every, everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Amazon, wherever you can find podcasts, I'm all there. So that's me if you want to come see what I'm up to. And thanks so much for having me on, Steph. It's just always so lovely to talk with you and see what you're up to. And you just bring such a great energy. Uh, I know I miss you. I hope that we can do this more often and have you on the pod again. And I mean, just like a fun question, just to end off, um, 
if you could tell like your past self starting your nutrition business, like any one like piece of information or like little kind of like mantra, like what would that be? Ooh. Oh my gosh, that is so good. Uh, Yeah, I think just like you said, feel feel the fear and do it anyways. A big thing for me was overcoming perfectionism that held me back in my life. The stress that came with that perfectionism was so debilitating. So just telling myself like, it's going to be okay. Things aren't going to work out. You're going to be just fine. Just start, just do the thing and see where it can take you. So just starting and if I could go back and tell myself, I would like shake her and be like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. I know where you'll end up. (laughs) Yeah. So I think I would just go back and like tell her to calm down (laughs) and like, it's going to be fine. So yeah. And just doing it doing it scared. One of my favorite quotes, and I've said it on your podcast before I tell it to everyone is there's no growth in your comfort zone and no comfort in your growth zone. So get uncomfortable, set those three big, scary things and just do it. Yeah. I love it so much. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast to have you. (laughs) Thanks so much, Steph. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.